Welcome, Fivers, to another episode of High Five, the podcast, a movie podcast for people who like other stuff, too. On this week's episode, your hosts Q and Jay dive into some of their favorite movies and hopefully talk about some of your favorites, too. Feel free to yell at your speakers when we ignore your favorites, or you could just tweet at us with your choices, like an adult. Now, let's join Q and Jay in the writer's room as they dive in. Fair warning, this podcast may contain spoilers for movies that came out 20 years ago, but at this point, that's really your fault. And now, on with the show. Raindrops on roses and whiskers on kittens, bright copper kettles and warm woolen mittens, brown paper packages tied up with strings. These are a few of my favorite things. It's how you start a podcast. <laughs> Is it? I mean, it could be. That's an interesting way to start a podcast. This out, most likely. No, definitely not. That was that was an amazing way to start this podcast. Uh, Let's start with song. This is a podcast that is taking place uh, halfway through 2018. It is like right. I mean, not smack dab in the middle, but like close enough to dab in the middle. One hundred dab in the middle, like dabbing, like Like the kids do. We're dab adjacent. Or dab adjacent in the middle. That's that sounds like you're trying to like sell our podcast real estate. <laughs> well, we're not quite in the dab, but we're dab adjacent. If you know our seaside and watercolor are, then we're dab adjacent. Um, so we're directly one. If you divide the year in half, we are perfectly in the middle. No one fact checked that, but we are. This episode comes. No matter out when you're listening to it, right in the middle right. of. 2018. So if you're listening to it in 2019, it's... Guess what? Back. You're back right. to 2018. <laughs> Time travel exists. You're welcome. Uh, high five. <laughs> Should we high five? High five. High five. High five. High five, high five son. Woo. High five. Don't let me hang it. So... Since I was so rudely <laughs> high fived, you know what? In the middle of my it's discussion, how rude is loving. It was a very loving, firm high five. Thank you. Uh, Thank you're you. welcome. You're welcome. A you. little sweaty, but mostly firm and. You're loving. welcome. Uh, you're welcome. What I was saying was, we are smack dab in the middle of the year. Therefore, we have decided to do a favorites of 2018 themed episode. So far. Mm-hmm. And since that is not going to take up a full episode. <laughs> we decided we would also just talk about the movies that we have seen thus far. Of course, and we, we've we s- seen some that the others haven't. Citizen we've Kane s- came out this year. It did. Jurassic no matter Park what year, came out this year. No matter what year this is. Annie Hall came out this year. It was a good summer. It w- <laughs> <laughs> Everyone knows those summer blockbusters. <laughs> Annie Hall. Citizen Kane. Welcome back to Confusing Movie Talk. I'm your host, Jay. <laughs> and I'm your host, Q. High five the podcast. Confusing you since two minutes ago. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, we're we're talking. But yes, no. we're t- Speaking of confusing, we're talking about uh, movies that have come out so far in 2018. And we've right. seen a few. We have. And later on the show, we're going to have a guest that has seen... Too many. Way more. <laughs> too many. An unconscionable <laughs> amount of movies. It's like an unnecessary amount. Of, and when, I love movies. When the movie studios are making movies, they're like, let's see if he's going to see them. 
And then every answer is always yes. Exactly. They're like, should we make, is anybody going to see this? Should we make this? And be like, Corey yes, Corey it. is going to see this movie. <laughs> They're like, great. We'll make Put it. Put it out. <laughs> Book club, here we come. <laughs> so uh, so, so that'll hang, be hang tight for that. We've got a, actually a fun announcement about an event we're hosting um, to come to pass with Corey and his amazing and movie that, knowledge. And that event is not just our recently passed, now if you're listening yeah. to this on Friday, uh, our recently passed inaugural Goldblum Bingo at Which, Disc Insider. Uh, hasn't occurred yet. As it of occurred, this, and it was amazing. It was amazing. It was, it was amazing. Great. Disc Insider exploded afterwards. But with joy. Like, You're... not any property damage or physical right. danger to not anyone who was in attendance. Although... Everyone's safe. We're great. This is not a Radiohead show. <laughs> exactly. Like, we're good. Everybody's everyone's, fine. Everyone's fine. But it exploded with joy. Right. Articles, and it was great. I'm sure, it being Friday today, articles are currently posted just all over the internet. It Detailing the meteoric rise and response to this game it made people wanted it made people so happy that they just wanted to do nice things for themselves and our country and 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 president trump resigned (laughs) i was gonna say impeached (laughs) yeah we just resigned just again yeah no he did it on his like you know what i'm just too happy hey i'm gonna stop i heard people now i heard gold bloom bingo happened to disc insider and I'm sorry. I'm out. <laughs> he just and said, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> and he just left. Right. And it was great. And that was so it. So we're living in a wonderful future. We everyone. have been voted president together. Great. We are just co We make co-presidents. No, we just president. No, <laughs> There's no co. We, we're just president. We yeah. share one cape. <laughs> it's just tied around both of our necks. Desk. Right. I love this. It's kind of like first kid, but way better. Yeah. One, it's exactly like first kid, but way yeah. better. Also, a little bit of the Dark Knight thrown in there. And I would say maybe some Rookie of the Year. Right. Because it's probably a job we're not qualified we're for. We're not any, the Siamese any... twin this country wanted. <laughs> but we're the Siamese twin this country needed. That's it. That's how we are. So, everyone... Make America twin again. <laughs> make America twin again. <laughs> Anybody who didn't get to make it out, guess what? Have no fear. We got another one next month. Every month for the next two months. Yeah. So the last Thursday of July and August, you will be able to attend a Goldblum bingo. And with after the riotous response, uh, write your local congressman and let them know you want it to continue past three, past three months. Please email your congressman about <laughs> that. Know. That, that is the great. most important thing that they have to deal with. Also that day. tell Jason Marston. Yeah, 100. <laughs> well, tweet at Jason Marston, yeah. you, know. So, you know. Send him t- pictures of your hair. <laughs> um, tweet p- pictures of toys that look your like favorite him. toy. Uh, tweet your reviews of I Feel Pretty. And also let tweet him, him know as your congressman. <laughs> That Congressman Marsden. Jeff Goldblum bingo to stick around. Exactly. So that um, was now that the longest commercial in the world is done. It's our show. We can we can have you know the, as long of a commercial as we want. This entire episode is really just an, a commercial <laughs> for us for Goldblum bingo and you ourselves. You know what? Kind of yeah. The Goldblum bingo is going to be a lot of fun. Um, hey everybody, have you heard how great High Five the podcast is? <laughs> First, I thought you were going to try and make it. I'm like, hey everybody, have you heard the news? Jeff Goldblum's in town and he wants to play with yous. <laughs> With use? I don't know. It yep. had to kind of rhyme. Got it. Yeah. And he's not Jason Muse. 
<laughs> he might be. <laughs> he's he might undercover be. Jason Mewes. Undercover. That's actually, I don't know if you've seen that new show. It's like Undercover <laughs> Boss, but it's Undercover Muse. And it's just Jason Muse oh, I thought working meant- at a bunch of different places until people recognize who he is. I was hoping you meant Muse like the Pokemon character. No. So it's just like <laughs> people would like unzip like the Family Guy gag. It would just like unzip their head and it's like Muse. And then they would unzip Muse and it would be like a broom. Muser. I don't know what his other names are. Sure. Muzak. Lo- they have a lot of names. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but anyway... <laughs> Let's circle back. Let's circle the the caravan. Caravan, okay. Back the caravan of courage. Back around to the topic at hand, which okay. is movies that movies. we've seen. And I just saw one, okay, on Sunday, that I nice. feel like you need to know about. Okay, have I heard of this movie? Probably not. It's an indie flick. Okay, what's it called? Jurassic World: hmm. Fallen Kingdom. I'll have to look this up. You will. Okay. It has a few unknowns. Some guy. I think it's Pratt Fall, Chris Pratt Fall. You might know him from the OC. Right. Uh, That's pretty much the only thing he's been in. Yeah, you got uh, Lil Baby Howard, I think is <laughs> is her name. is what she. It's like a rap name, I think. Lil, Lil, Baby. Lil Baby Howard. Lil Baby Howard. Uh, so Lil Baby Howard's in it. Uh, Chris, I like this bit, but I mean, Chris Pratt. So you saw Jurassic, I saw Jurassic World. World: Fallen Kingdom. Also, I have not yet. I know, and like I'm it? just gonna spoil the shit out of it for you. Why not? It's a Jurassic Park movie. I'm pretty sure you know I'll what know happens. Hey, but, people go to a park. Yeah, there's dinosaurs in it. Like for my people get eaten. For my purposes, I care. Like I, I like the Jurassic Park franchise. The first Jurassic Park's one of my favorite movies ever. I like Jurassic World. Second fine. one's even better. Second one's fine. Third, Third one's one, kind of an atrocity. Right. Um, now, I would say, okay, hold on. If we're going to do that, I would say first one's great. Yes. Classic. Classic. Second one is second best. Third one is third best. Jurassic World is off the map. And Jur- Fallen Kingdom is four. Really? Yeah. You I hated would- Jurassic World that much? <clears throat> I thought you liked it. No, I did not like Jurassic oh. World, the first one at all. I thought it was terrible. Oh, huh. But okay. I, I didn't I, like I had it a for misunderstanding. I that. didn't like it for a couple different reasons. Yeah, I'll put it out there me. why. Tell me why you didn't like that one and, and, and why this one was different. Yeah. All right. So first off, I'm starting to think that Colin Trevorrow is a bad director. Starting to think. Well, yes, because he did Safety Not Guaranteed, which is fantastic, which is, which is great. Um, but. Now I'm kind of thinking that might have just been it. Well, he also had Mark Duplass on set with them that could have been like, hey, what if we did it? Exactly. This way. Like, you have a great director near you, it might make you a little bit better. So I recently rewatched Jurassic World, so this okay. is fresh in my head. I haven't seen it in a while. I remember not hating it when I saw it, but I remember there being a lot of problems. I'm going to pitch it. something super crazy to you. Okay. All right. Jurassic World was overly self aware of what it was to the point of almost self parody. Well, I mean, they had the Jurassic Park shirt right. in it. And like, that's fine. But I meant I meant less aware of the film franchise, but more self-aware of, like, the conceit of a dinosaur movie. Gotcha. Like, people in a, in a, in a park kind of thing. Okay. So their characters felt, re- like, really caricaturized, if, that, if I can use that nonsensical sure. word. Um, so I feel, but I feel like their casting didn't reflect that. And so oddly enough, Bryce Dallas Howard felt really out of place in that movie. I feel like she's a really great actress with a lot well, of, she is a great actress. That I'll go. But 
I don't know if it was the writing, I don't know if it was the directing, but her character was just abysmal in that movie. It was it was weirdly played. She was kind of the like over corporatized character, like the Paul Reiser from oh, Aliens yeah. kind of, but also supposed to be kind of the heart and main character of of this movie a little bit. She was supposed to have an arc. She fell in love with the kid. And I feel like Chris Pratt, I love him in the Guardians movies, but I am done. Like, I'm fine with Chris Pratt not doing anything else other than the (laughs) Guardians movies. He's funny. He's uh, charming. But I feel like, and this is going to sound crazy, and I'm sure I'm going to get all sorts of pushback on this, I feel like this that movie would have been better if The Rock was the Chris Pratt character in jurassic world yep i think it would have felt more cartoonish nope if i feel like his, i feel like chris pratt made it feel cartoonish really i feel like the rock would have actually made it feel more understandable about why the character is written like that the character is written for a the rock Dwayne the rock johnson type like that macho man yes but Chris Pratt doesn't really exude that. He's more, even though he beefed up for Guardians, he is still more of the, like, goofy, non-serious. He's he's so not serious. It's the Mark Wahlberg in The Happening Effect. <laughs> I can't imagine that, like that. that Chris Pratt is actually a former Navy special ops guy who also is an amazing animal trainer sure i just don't buy that at all um because he's too silly and his character is written too goofily and he plays it really (laughs) goofily he's great at being goofy and so it almost comes off as very unappealing i think the same type of problem happened with passengers although passengers is flat out just not great um serviceable so that was my problem with the first one plus the there was next to zero practical effects which that's a problem that was a problem for me that's too. a problem i feel like jurassic park is kind of built upon this conceit of these amazing practical effects right. so that was a problem the cg was way overused and looked kind of shitty it was kind of like video game cutscene level cg in some Bet. places it was yeah. not good um and then the movie just was basically a repeat of the first movie but in a way shittier format <laughs> like <laughs> Done by a director who was nowhere near Spielberg levels. Oh, yeah. Done now, with a cast that was nowhere near as charming as Sam Neill. Oh, well, Sam Neill's a master, though. Exactly. And Jeff Goldblum. Yes. Heart, heartbeats. And there were no great character actors in that movie to take away from their shittiness. So right. your entire movie rested on Bryce Dallas Howard well, and Chris Pratt. I... You're going to say Jake Johnson? Nope. Okay. I'm going to say Vincent D'Onofrio. Even he. He was a super one-note I will say he was... Villain who was used very sparingly. He was used too sparingly, in my opinion. Exactly. I think he should have been a bigger... But I'm not disagreeing with you, but I am saying he, for me, would meet the qualification of a great character actor who is there to take some of the weight off, but he wasn't used correctly because Trevor sucks. Right. In my mind... He just wasn't he, there. Right, you know what yeah. I mean? He was the only one that did not appear to be yeah. phoning it in. And I was not going to say Jake Johnson because we've already talked about him with The Mummy, and he didn't work there either. Exactly. Um, but. I like him in New Girl and Drinking Buddies. Though. Here's why I like Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. Okay. Yes. Now now I want to. Yeah. Now I'm interested. Because you have a competent director. 
who has a visual flair and style. That well, is, that's what I was telling you before the defined. podcast. I love Bayonia. Right. I think The Impossible was was beautiful and great, and Diamond Watts is great in it. And I thought Orphanage is one of my favorite foreign languages. Sure. It's just, it's just great. Absolutely. So that, I was excited. That's the culture he, police yeah, coming to I was you, excited, by the way. Good. I was excited when he was attached to it. Sure. Um, so, yes, competent director. Go back. Now yeah, here's here's the other the the other uh, things that improved. There was no longer there was no longer uh, shitty CG. The CG was stepped up. I did see that there was a whole like mini documentary about the practical effects yep. in this one that looked practical good. effects were fantastic, and the movie no longer solely rested on Bryce Dallas Howard and Chris Pratt. They introduced a bunch of great character actors in this film okay. that really carried the rest of the weight of the movie. So instead of feeling like it was just solely about these two characters, you had an array of characters. It felt more kind of like an ensemble movie. Sure. You had an array of characters dealing with different things that that made it not so blaring that their characters were still yeah. these kind of one-note weird characters. Yeah. Speaking of that, did I read... Did I say that James Cromwell's in this? He is, totally. Awesome. Yeah. I James, love me some James Cromwell. James is in this as, oh, wow, I can't remember his last name. But anyway, it doesn't Cromwell. matter. Yep. Uh, he's in the movie as, um, as shit, uh, Hammond's, like. Oh, John Hammond's Spare No Expense. Partner. Oh. That isn't talked about ever. Ever, yeah. Well, there's a lot of that in the Jurassic Park franchise. Sure. Hey, do you remember this investment company that technically owns InGen and Number Two? No, great, cool. Exactly. That's yeah. kind of how this was. He's like, John Hammond and I built InGen together. We Did discovered this together, and it's like, oh, cool. I've yeah. never heard of you. Did you now, Leonard Nimoy from French? <laughs> right. Exactly. Um, but I will say, so it it did a lot of things, and it. It did the one thing that I've been waiting for the entire Jurassic Park series, which is it Dinosaurs. opened it opened the world. So oh, instead yeah? of just being confined to the park, the end of this movie, spoiler alert for Slark. any spoiler alert. Spoiler alert for anybody who's listening. Uh this movie ends with the dinosaurs getting loose. Amazing. In <laughs> to the world. Well, you know, Lost World dipped its toe into that sure like the lost world played just the tip with right. that idea totally and they're like hey we're gonna let this guy loose in los angeles and oh this is gonna be fun but don't worry he's gonna get back on the boat right. at the end like this one this one like, is doubles not, down on it yeah and so they use jeff goldblum in a really funny way in this movie not enough but i, I, heard, get, I heard he's barely in this uh he is a glorified cameo okay for sure but he bookends the movie so he okay. opens the movie in so in the previews you've seen he's kind of like yeah. in the courtroom yes basically explaining so the conceit of this movie is the island there's a volcano on the island from Jurassic World Isla, right. Isla Nubar Nublar S- sure whatever that is about to erupt and it's gonna basically it's an extinction level event and it'll kill all the dinosaurs on the island a lot of people are like yeah cool they eat people anyway yeah. so it's totally fine we've had four experiences where this has always turned out bad so let's just let them die. Yeah. And then there's activist rights groups who are like, these are living creatures like that we brought matter, back. Green right. lives matter. Right. <laughs> scales matter. <laughs> um, and the are scales like, of justice are tempted <laughs> in, in. I see where genocide. you're going with it. And I love there's it. a joke in here at the end. Figure it out yourself. It's a joke. Your own adventure. <laughs> um, so we've, 
then we've got those activists who are like, no, sure. we have to go in and save them, blah, blah, blah. So they're petitioning the government to basically use its might and power and money to go rescue these gotcha. dinosaurs. And so there's a big congressional hearing about it. And Dr. Ian Malcolm is brought in. As an expert witness? Uh-huh. Yeah. And he speaks on behalf. Of, he's basically like, yeah, let the dinosaurs die. <laughs> awesome. Which was great. Yeah. And I like, I totally wanted to hear that. He's like, yeah, well. I've had two very bad experiences yeah. with these guys. He was like, well, it's time to go. You know, when it's time to go, when it's time to go. <laughs> yeah. Um, but he basically has in, you know, in Dr. Malcolm uh, fashion, he has this really weird, like, you know, if you play with the, you know, the structure of of the world and how things are, you know, man versus the wild or whatever. It's some bullshit like right. thing. Uh, then basically, he's like, "You're gonna destroy the world, and so we need to end this before we destroy ourselves, right. before our hubris destroys ourselves." And so then the movie is bookended by the dinosaurs getting out, <laughs> of course, and then him cutting back to him. And I will say, there was one part of the movie I was like, "They did it." amazing he goes he was like from the trailer though is when he says the title of the movie yeah Yeah. but that's the end of the movie so the dinosaurs are out and he does that whole bit where he's like and you know before we become a jurassic world and then it's like yeah you know that's the title of the movie and it's uh, so many levels um (laughs) you're a blade runner 2049 (laughs) So it's it's um it's ridiculous and yeah. it's stupid but it's fun and I will say that it genuinely this movie ended and I'm now like I can't wait to see dinosaurs wreak havoc on the streets of I want to see pterodactyls fly down to like a schoolyard and just like start picking up children yeah. and like you want throwing know? them in chimneys and shit like, you know what it. needs to happen right now we've attached them to multiple franchises to make them better. But we need predators. No, <laughs> Abrams. JJ Abrams. Bring in JJ and make a bunch of secret Jurassic World sequels where it's just like a family drama, and then it zooms out and there's dinosaurs. In we the can't world. do that because he would just try to make it another Cloverfield sequel. That's- He'd be like, "Well, turns out genetic mutation of a dinosaur is a Cloverfield." <laughs> ah, Cloverfield. That's where they came from. <laughs> exactly. That's how it would end. It they didn't li- come from space. They were just on one side of the planet, and someone jumped on a big like ladder, and they if it followed the air if it followed it any of the other Cloverfield movies, and that's another one that came out in 2018 that we should talk about. Cloverfield, Cloverfield paradox. paradox. Um, <laughs> if it follows any of the, it would be a total Jurassic Park movie up until the very end. <laughs> And They'd be like, it, none of these are dinosaurs. They're all aliens. Exactly. They'd be like, what? And then it goes, and it's just J.J. Jones in front of the screen and he goes, Cloverfield. And then it cuts to black. Exactly. That's where we're getting to some of these Cloverfield spinoffs. It's just, he's going to run on screen and go, Cloverfield. Cut to black. <laughs> right. Um, it's so, just a regular movie all the way up to the end until he runs and on. And fuck it. Nothing I will tell you, happens. speaking of aliens, I told you that there's something in this movie that, that is you, the level of like... This is what you said you weren't going to mention. But I'm going to tell you anyway, because okay. our aliens conversation <laughs> led me to it. Uh, there is a character in this movie that's running around. So they have a little girl in this movie sure, who yeah. is the granddaughter of James Cronwell's character. Okay. And is basically the stand-in for the kids in every other cool, iteration yeah. of Jurassic Timmy. Park. There's always yeah. kids who are in trouble. And she is that child. And they keep alluding to the fact that her mother is someone important, but sure. they never see a, you never see a picture of her. And I was 
really hoping it was going to be Ellie Sadler. And like, yeah, suddenly, that would have made sense. Oh yeah. shit. I would have like, <laughs> I would have jizzed in my pants if they did it. Fan service be damned. Yeah. I would have been on board with it. And so that was, I, that's what I was expecting the whole time. They're going to show me this picture. It's going to be Ellie Sadler. And I'm going to be like, yeah, this is crazy. Yeah, like, oh, or it's going to be Cloverfield. And I'll be like, oh shit, Cloverfield <laughs> sequel. No, it's a picture of JJ Abrams. Say Cloverfield. So they show you in this really throwaway moment, her grandfather, something happens and she gets this picture and she looks at it and it's a picture of her nanny and what appears to be her. Okay. And the picture is from like the seventies. Uh, oh. Right. So you're like, what? I don't, I don't understand. So then there is a bit of exposition about 25 minutes later where the main or the bad guy in this movie after Chris Pratt and uh, what's her name? Get, yep. Gets the, they save this little girl and they're going to get her out. The bad guy's like, Oh, so you're going to take care of her. Do you know what she is? And you're like, what? And he's like, she's a clone. What? What? Yep. And then they're like, anyway, back to dinosaurs. And you're just like, wait, what? Like, do they not? Is it not a plot point? It is a plot point in the in the sense that she's the one that lets the dinosaurs out at the end because she feels oneness with the genetically created dinosaurs. That's it. There is oh, no the way, other reason. Exists. Right. They're like exists and works. And yeah. she is a totally functional yeah. person. Just so you know. All right. Anyway, Great. Jurassic World. Awesome. <laughs> but that's Jurassic what it felt like. I was like, cloned I, I literally turned to H in the movie and I was like, did they just say that she was a clone <laughs> and nobody seems shocked by this? Everybody's just like, oh, she's a clone. Got it. We still need to save her. Let's go. That's a lot like it's a lot like in Rampage. I know this is going to be weird, but in Rampage, they have a thing that they mentioned called CRISPR, which apparently is a, a real thing to a degree, but it's like genetic modification and it's what makes these monsters monsters and they're like yeah you know about CRISPR it's like yeah CRISPR and they just move on it's like what the fuck is CRISPR right well <laughs> like, that's what it felt no, why, why are there giant apes and why is there a thing called CRISPR that everyone knows this about? was even to a different extent yeah. because it's literally like you're like holy shit you just admitted that something else you expanded this world you casually dropped that you can clone humans and that that is happening in this world yeah. in the same universe as the dinosaurs <laughs> and then part of you, of course, is while you're processing this, you're like, well, of course it does. Because if I can bring a fucking dinosaur back from extinction, I can add some frog DNA to a person and recreate them. That's how it works, right, Mr. Ellie DNA? Just, That's right, kids. Just, just <laughs> a little frog DNA, and you got yourself a bona fide dinosaur. But the, the weird thing there, though, is that when that little girl, I don't know her name in the movie. Clone. But, okay, clone. Clone, girl, clone when baby. When clone baby gets sent to an all-girl school. Uh oh, no males. She switches genders. I will. I just, will say. He goes. Boop, I will. Like at say, the bottom, just she's sitting I, in class one day, and all the teachers do. Boop, it was her pee pee. Surprise sleepaway camp sequel. Yes, yes. <laughs> That's how it all ties sleepaway in. Sleepaway camp. JJ Abrams comes on. He's like sleepaway camp four. Cloverfield. Cloverfield. <laughs> That's my. I don't know what JJ Abrams sounds like. So Cloverfield is my. That's him. Cloverfield. It sounds pretty accurate. I, I think so. mystery box. Cloverfield. Cloverfield. Um. Yeah, Sleepaway Camp 4 colon Fallen Kingdom. <laughs> That's it. But No, wait. I Fallen been, Kingdom. I will say there were points that I turned to H2 and I was like, I hope to God they fix this by the end of the movie and admit that she's part dinosaur. <laughs> like, I want that. I want 
the well, like really... crazy genetic mutated dinosaur to like come out and it's about to kill people and then all of a sudden she starts like Harry Potter style speaking parcel tongue to it. to it like she yeah. is part dinosaur and she's just like honestly that to me would be more in line <laughs> with where the movie should go totally as opposed to just casually dropping that cloning exists like she should, when whatever dinosaur is genetically modified with the same DNA that she has, step out in front and be like, Right. So the situation at the end is basically a let these dinosaurs out uh, into the world free or they will die. Okay? That's the stakes at the end of this movie. And everybody by the end of the movie is like, well... I guess they got yeah, to die. They're going to have to die because <laughs> we, like, nope. we cannot condemn humanity to death. <laughs> Because we, death. we because we don't want these dinosaurs to die, which was and of course, you know, you're like, oh, look, the arc mirrors itself from the beginning. You know, everybody wanted to save the dinosaurs, dinosaurs. And now you're like, all right. But this little girl, her whole conceit is she was like, if I deserve a chance to live, they deserve a chance to live. No. And you're like, wait, what? Also, you're a child. You have no. Co- you also you also didn't know you were a clone until 10 minutes ago. Like, you were also, what the fuck are you talking you're about? You're also eight and not qualified to make decisions on humanity scale. What the fuck are you talking about? She had the same reaction that uh, that Superman had when he found out he was a fucking alien in Snyder's Superman movie. Like you are taking this way too well like if if (laughs) if a parent or more or less in this movie not even a parent if a stranger came up to me and was like by the way you're a clone i like prove it my head might just cave the fuck believe it right i'd be like no but she's like you know what i've always felt like i was inside that i was a clone i knew it was either scientology or that i was a clone because i could i could remember the 70s by the way dinosaurs are out now so you're all fucked <laughs> but i'm gonna be fine because i'm one of them as she just gets ripped apart right, by because the dinosaurs don't care about <laughs> like, her at all they don't feel that same oneness. No, they're like that would have been amazing if she went up and she's like i'm one with them and it just like, bit her fucking hand off <laughs> That's the better end of Jurassic totally. World. Totally, that would have that would have sold me on the entire fucking movie. I would have been like, "Yep, no. on board with this series." Bites her hand off, she immediately grows another one, <laughs> and then it's her DNA. Cloverfield. <laughs> Cloverfield. <laughs> All right. Anyway, enough about fucking Jurassic World: Fallen Kingdom. Interesting movie. Uh, I liked it. I will. Be I think we just pitched now. a better ending I, to it. I think so too. Uh, but speaking of Cloverfield, we brought that up. So we've right. had. So uh, this is a decent movie. Yes. We both watched Cloverfield Paradox. Which Should we bounce between good, bad? Yeah. Good, why bad? not? Sure. Let's do it. Awesome. Cloverfield Paradox. Best movie of the year so far. I mean. Hands down, that statement is incorrect. Okay, like, got it. Well, I thought you were. I was I, hoping you were going to say hands down. That's a statement. Okay. Can I say something that I just remembered before we go on to yeah, of course. Uh, uh, the next one? Uh-huh. I have to say that when I was a kid, I told you that I love Jurassic Park. Yeah. So I saw Jurassic Park. When I was in high school, middle school, that era, I was convinced I was going to be a writer. So I had like stories that I would write. Um, I wrote a sequel to Jurassic Park before the actual law Michael Crichton wrote the sequel to Jurassic Park. And the premise of my movie or my story was that uh, it's dumb. Remember I was 11. Okay. Uh, but was that global warming freezes the ocean and the dinosaurs walk to ma- the mainland. 
And then there are dinosaurs in the real world. Fair enough. That's what I wanted back when I saw Jurassic Park the first one. I was like, we need to get these out. In this, you get it. Yeah. I can't wait. There the is, the 11-year-old in me is scene. very excited. There's a post-credit scene, oh, too. Oh, okay. Should I is, say? That is... Sure. It really but, is just an extended scene of what they show you at the end of the movie anyway. No, then I'm not going <laughs> to well, stay. It's not. Don't. It's basically... <laughs> no, it's not. Don't. It's basically pterodactyls on the uh, the Eiffel Tower in Vegas. Like oh, the huh. mini Eiffel Tower. Okay, and they're just like... And you're like, fuck, they're going to kill people. Cloverfield. Cool. (laughs) Hey, Cloverfield. Um, Okay, so speaking of Cloverfield. Yeah, Cloverfield Paradox. I remember being real excited Mm -hmm. that that movie was coming out. I remember being very confused because... Yeah. So Abrams & Co. has taken this really weird approach to making Cloverfield sequels. They are not hiding at all that they are basically taking already written stories... And just inserting they're Cloverfield like the, into them. They're taking the gum out of their mouths and just sticking Cloverfield onto the end of something. Right. Else. And they're they're like openly like, yep, yep, that's what we did. Like, we're openly talking about it. At least kind of like, mm. The Hellraiser clan is at least like, no, we totally meant for this to be a cop drama with Hellraiser in it and the justice system for no reason. Right. Like, don't worry about it. But no. No, they're just, like, totally fine with it. So, there was this movie, I believe it was called The God Particle, originally. Yes. That's the, well, that's that's as earliest as I knew it. Right, so it was originally called The God Particle, and I think it was a Blacklist script. So, I think it was a really super, for those who don't know, Blacklist scripts are, like, the hottest of hot right. in Hollywood. It was a hot script, and I will tell you, some drastic changes must have happened. <laughs> Between that script being blacklisted, right. and I don't mean blacklisted in a negative way, and this movie dropping on Netflix, and I do mean dropping, dropping. on Netflix, like droppings, like taking a like, shit like a on Netflix. <laughs> the literal, the only way that Netflix could try and build anticipation for this movie is by surprise releasing it during the Super Bowl. <laughs> I remember that happening because it really was the weirdest move I've seen any. Well, because they were like, they're going to release the trailer for yeah. this movie. And you're like, oh shit, we haven't seen a trailer. Yeah. Awesome. And then they're like, here's the trailer. Also, By the way, watch it now. And you're like, what? <laughs> really? I remember, oh, I feel so special. I remember messaging you because you and I, we're no sports ball people. <laughs> no, we were watching the Super Bowl mainly for the movie. Yeah, trailers. and we're both watching it for commercials and trailers. And I remember texting you and being like, oh, shit, Cloverfield yeah. is available right after the Super Bowl. I was like, I'm watching Cloverfield tonight. And I, and I messaged back, me too. It was very exciting and clever. And then and then we did. none of those things could be said about Cloverfield no. Paradox. Well, okay, and I do want to take a step back because at this point in time, it's easy to think – the Cloverfield sort of run is sad and jokey, especially after the Cloverfield paradox yeah. and, and that disaster. But before that, we had had 12 Cloverfield, 10, lane. 10 Cloverfield, 10. Lane. 10 Cloverfield Lane and Cloverfield, which both you and I are huge fans I really of liked Cloverfield. both of those. Yep. So we were going in with a lot of anticipation. So the God Particle, cool, a Cloverfield in space type of thing. Into it. Into it, yeah. Let's see how this thing got started. So when they dropped that news, we're like, oh, we're watching it. And we watched it. Right, I stayed up till like yep. one in the morning to get this thing done. 
and, and oh my god, was I it. so disappointed. Yeah. So basically, the concept of that movie is, um, it's like Event Horizon, but garbage. So, ba- <laughs> right? So they go it's, uh, and they it's, have a. It's more like Prevent Horizon. <laughs> if, or Event Rip Your Eyes Out. <laughs> event Rip Horizon? <laughs> Uh, no, so basically Rick, the concept Rick of, event, of Event Horizon was that they were jumping through space, right? Yeah, it they was basically... the, the way that Sam Neill... Hey, we're still on Sam Neill. Sweet. Perfect. Um, the way that Sam Neill describes it is like, what's the fastest way to get between two points? And he puts uh, two points on a nudie picture on the opposite ends. And they say a straight line. And he said no. And he folds the paper and he pushes the pencil through and he's like, it's, it's no distance. And so he says, that's what we've been able to do. We've created a device that folds space so right. we can just go from one point to the next like immediately but uh-oh doesn't work they get to another dimension and it basically it's is hell, hell which right. uh, as you know and i think i've talked about on the show quite a bit is event horizon i love i right. love sure. that movie it's bug nuts crazy it is and it's you know it's by a director i do not respect in the slightest sure um but Oh, it's good. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. But this movie is sort of like that. And honestly, the premise (laughs) and the story of the movie was so close to working for me. Can I tell you something so funny? This is just a total side note. I'm so sorry about Event Horizon. So speaking of the director, so Paul W.S. Yes, Paul W.S. Anderson. Anderson. So in my head, because I always used to get the names mixed up. With Paul Thomas Anderson oh, and Paul W. S. Anderson, but can you imagine a Paul Thomas Anderson directed Event Horizon? <laughs> like I just when you said that and you said his name and you were like the director and I was like, yeah, I remember when I used to mix that up. And in my head, I was just like, that what a weird and different movie that would be. What about here we go, a Wes Anderson Event Horizon? <laughs> Horizon. Everything's all pastel and quirky. I'm into. <laughs> <laughs> Sam Neill's got cuts all over him, but they're in a different language. And then when he's like, come to me, he sings like, come to me. <laughs> and it's Jeff Goldblum for some, for some reason. Um, and then it cuts back and Ad- and uh, Lawrence Fishburne has changed into Adrian Brody. Yep. And it's a long camera shot with the background pans away. Yep. And then there's some quirky music. And then the entire spaceship's made out of cardboard. Of course. <laughs> and it's all the dream of a little boy at a summer camp on yep. an island. By yep. Himself. Yep. 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 We did it. We did it, Wes guys. Anderson Event Horizon. We want to see You're that. Welcome. Make a poster for that. Somebody <laughs> listening to that, please draw me a poster for Wes Anderson's Event, Event Horizon. Horizon. We will feature it on the website. Oh. And share the fuck out of that. Yeah, so we'll make it um, a cover photo. So Cloverfield uh, Event Horizon. Um, so honestly, the premise of it, I wanted it to work. Sure. The idea of they're trying to, um, well, create a god particle. That's what you know we're doing right. with Hall- Hall- uh, Cro- uh colliders. Yep, something um, like that. Something like that. And, and there's a bunch of them. And we're trying to create new elements and dark matter and all of that. So they do it in space. They find that the frequencies and the anti gravity work better. They do it, but uh oh, they blast themselves into, into a another side universe. Dimension? Okay, I don't know. Is that how you read it? Yeah. By the way, just so people don't think Joey's just talking to himself. <laughs> Jay is just talking to himself. Uh, Corey is hanging out with us <laughs> on the side while we were recording this episode. Just so you know, he waved. Because <laughs> it's perfect for an audio yeah. medium. Um, so 
Yes. Yes. Yeah. So is that so that is confirmed? That's good. What happened? I guess side dimension. Okay. So they went into a weird pocket dimension. <laughs> little little dimension. Little, little we'll call bitty. it little dimension. Little bitty dimension. A um, tiny verse, if you will. And basically. I still don't know if I understand, but by the end of that episode, or that episode of that movie, the episode of Cloverfield were, the series, were they still in that pocket dimension, and that's where the Cloverfield came from? <laughs> the Cloverfield. Well, okay. that's that's what I'm calling it. I don't know. So my answer to that is maybe. Uh, I this is what I think happened. Or does anybody care? No. Okay. That's the true answer. But what I think happened is they went over to Pocket Dimension. Yep. They woman got stuck in the rafters of their ship. That was the coolest part it was of the, the whole movie. Part. I was like, oh shit. Yeah. And like tubes are like through her and her right. like body's like melding with the ship. I think when that happened, you know, the Cloverfield got like went also went through the wormhole and right. got sent down to Earth while they were stuck. Like all the other stuff is happening, like Cloverfield the movie is happening, right. and all that is happening while they're in this alternate dimension, Got side, this pocket dimension. Because there was like two versions of what was happening on Earth as well. Yeah, well, because it was following her boyfriend, uh, the main the main actress's boyfriend, right. as he rescued that Goo-goo kid and kind of realized. Mbatharal. Yeah, something like that. I love I, her name. I call her uh, the girl from Black Mirror. Yep. The best Black Mirror episode ever. It's true. Um, <clears throat> but... Yeah, so that's all happening, and the and the Cloverfields are destroying the, the Earth. The Cloverfields. You just upped my yeah. the Cloverfield with no. well, a plural, now there are many a gaggle of Cloverfields. I think they're called um, a clux, of a clux of Cloverfields. I think so. Got it. Um, Sounds right. Sure, I, but I do think at the end of that movie they jump back from the pocket to dimension to ours because that's what angry blonde is trying to stop them from. That she's going right. on shooting everybody. Right. To stop them from... Because if she went back, she'd go back with them, and she didn't want to leave her world or something. Right. I guess. I don't fucking know. It was terrible. It was terrible. It was nonsensical. And the tie-in to Cloverfield was so... Oh. Non- uh, it was nothing. It was nothing. It uh, was the new scenes with the boyfriend. Yep. And then one shot at the end of the Cloverfield in fog. Yep. Yep. And it was just... And outside of all of that, I could have forgiven all of that, like, minuscule tie-ins if it had been good. So, speaking of good movies with surprising aliens from possibly another dimension, A Quiet Place? We'll segue into that. Yeah. I really liked I know you and I differ. I think we I know I we both liked it. I liked but it. you didn't love it. I feel like the I'm, hype around that movie was insane the articles i was reading and and some of the taglines the clickbait lines were you know a genre defining film a new a masterpiece in horror and i'm like man it was neither a masterpiece or genre defining it was good and it was enjoyable but it was not what people were it was not get out oh no no now and i wonder because I know that if something is overhyped, it tends to that that I know can put you off of a movie. I wonder. For sure. I wonder had the hype not been as big as it was. I wonder if you would you like I, it more. You and I have talked about that. Yes, totally. I think I pushed back because I I felt like the degree of you know uh, worship that was being put on the film was just way over the top. Now like, I am. By 
by saying that, I'm not pushing back or saying that sure. you're wrong and feeling that way. Sure, sure, sure. Because I also noticed how hyperbolic those stories were. But when I went and saw it, I don't think it really affect. I think I may be a couple degrees higher in my like. I, I'm not quite to love, but I'm real close to it. Like I'm in like like with it. You yeah. know what I mean? Like it wrote me a note and it said check yes or no, and I checked yes. Like I have a huge crush on it, and it's asked me out to a movie, and I've already said yes, and I'm thinking it's going to be great, so I might be in love with this guy. Right. But I'm not sure yet. Right. That's where we're I am. We're still talking the... about the movie, right? No. Okay. I thought we were talking about Corey. Oh, got it. All right. Got it. <laughs> As got he it, leaves. It, it, uh, no, yeah, yeah, about a quiet place. Um, So that's kind of where <laughs> As I As he leaves his place on the couch <laughs> and joins you in <laughs> your chair. <laughs> exactly. Um, um, but, I mean, yeah, so I, I really liked it. I thought, I thought Krasinski did phenomenal um, behind the camera. I thought that some of the decisions with, you know, the sound design were, were really, really great. Totally. For, for a horror movie. Um, so... So, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely put it up high when we talk about favorites of the year. Um, honorable honorable mention. Like, it's going to be around. It was smart yes. and different. Yes. But that's, I think, part of, okay, so one of the things that I had a problem with the movie, and I know people really dug it, the ending felt really disjointed from the rest of the movie because they, they literally had this weird um, ending that kind of felt like, um, and I described it as it should have had like butt rock playing behind I, it. I remember us talking about that. Yeah. When I don't disagree with that either. It's very, she has this very like, let's bring it yeah. on motherfuckers. And it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. That's not this movie. <laughs> it's like, like a lethal weapon ending. Like that's leading into a sequel or a, you're never going to believe this. Right. It was like, thing. if the rest of the movie would have been filled with some of those, like just badass, but it wasn't, it was like right. a really introspective, quiet, no pun intended right. movie that dealt with these kind of character moments. So the whole end felt super disjointed for me, but also so heavily borrowed from signs that it was so convenient and weird that it just so happens that the aliens are defeated by this frequency of this hearing aid that this dad John Krasinski was trying to make for his daughter. And it's like, right. man, this is like some super, I mean, talk about some fucking deuce ex machina kind <laughs> of shit, you know, like that shit was like almost not like come the fuck on. Like, I mean, what I, are the odds of that? I can get behind you on that to a degree because it, it didn't bother me that much because it was at least a plot point throughout the movie. Like, the fact that he had a deaf daughter and the fact that this was happening in this world is the reason we're watching this story. Sure. Like it's not, you know, just a farmer with by himself um, there, you know, that's why we're watching this. So that should tie in. And I like that it tied in multiple ways to what's going on with the aliens and, and that. Right. Um, <clears throat> now I will say, you know, there was definitely played heavy handed out. I did think the, the realization of it could have been played better. Honestly, for me, I think some of it, I think if the ending had been a little more, I don't want to say dark, but what I'm imagining would have been. So, you know, at the end of that, they're watching the cameras and they kind of see them in different sure. places. I think instead of the the butt rock gung-ho, let's get this, you know, right. ready, I almost think that if it had been a, we're holding on to the, the earpiece because we just accidentally figured out that it can save us, and we're huddling, and then the camera zooms up and away, it's like a drone shot. And then you just kind of see them 
swarming not, the house. Yeah, not running out to fight, but them. What are we gonna do now? Right. Almost then cut to black. I would have been into that. I, I think w- that would have been better, and it would have made the the earpiece thing maybe not as grating to you because it would have been like, oh well, this is a convenience that we just found that could possibly help at the beginning of the next story. Right. Now I will say, uh, and this kind of ties into our last discussion in Cloverfield. There were some rumblings that originally they wanted this to be turned into a Cloverfield sequel. I remember reading about that. And I'm going to be honest, this would have been a much better Cloverfield sequel than Cloverfield Paradox. I would have been 100% on board with the end of this movie being the revelation through other news clippings or whatever that this was the same. This was another section of the same event that had happened with. Cloverfield Paradox with Tin Cloverfield Lane. Yeah. The alien, I mean, the design of the creature kind of even resembled that Neville Page style right. um, creature. So I would have, and honestly, and honestly, it made have it might have made it better for me. Like I might have been like, holy fuck, another secret Cloverfield yeah. sequel. Well, and we don't. That's one of the things that could have been interesting about it too. Is you know, people would say, oh, well, the the monsters in Cloverfield weren't you know, the sound sensors, but this is also established that it's 200, 300, 400 days later. We right. don't know how fast they evolve. We don't know what, you know, adaptations they have to different areas right. of, of the country, but also it wouldn't have had to be heavy handed at all. Not change anything about the script. Nope. I think like you and I talked about off, off camera is that it could have just been as you're scrolling through the news clippings, it shows a picture of the New York City one with a headline that's very obvious from that. Right. It could have been a very thing. tangential tie-in. Yeah. Without being overt and like, oh, here's this character from Cloverfield. Right. It could have been just a passing thing that you would have been like, oh, shit. It was, And it kind of um, – it reminds me of how uh, Split got me. Oh, yeah. End. Okay? So in the whole movie, they don't set the whole movie up as a was fucking – Was that this year too? No, that was last oh. year. As so a as a background or a backdoor sequel to uh, Unbreakable. Yeah. Which, by the way, they they started to release stuff from totally. Glass, and, and it looks pretty. I'm cool. stoked. Like, it looks pretty neat. But it was one of those revelations in the movie theater. It that revelation at the end of that movie made the movie for no. me. I was just like, holy fuck and it didn't take away from any of McAvoy's no. performance it didn't change the context of what he was doing it's just oh this is the same world where weird stuff happens to people holy shit and now there's a super dude and now there's a mean super dude right like how's that gonna work and so that's what I feel like that I feel like A Quiet Place and I'm sure people are gonna give me shit over that too but bring it on remember give give all your shit tweet it to at Jason Marsden or you know at high the number five the podcast because we like to talk to you too um but mostly Jason Marsden <laughs> um, but also if it would have been that I I don't know I think I would have respected the decision more it just felt like I said it felt kind of like a flash in the pan yeah it was cool it was yeah. an interesting concept it was done well like I- it was well acted well filmed the sound design like you said was great but it just didn't I don't know. It didn't it kind of felt pointless. It to didn't me. revolutionize. No, it didn't. You were sold revolution and you got a like really I, great. Right. I got a good entry yeah. into the creature feature right. kind of genre. Yeah. Um so I feel like that that was good. Yeah. But No, no I, I I like that one as well. Uh let's see a bad one, a bad one. 
Do you want to talk about uh, all the money in the world? I was gonna say that one or um, Pacific Rim Uprising. But yeah, we could talk about either one of them. Let's talk about both of them simultaneously. Okay, so you talk about all the money in the world. I'll talk about Pacific Rim Uprising. Five, four, three, two. One. So right, the so fact Jump that Boy they Ega removed Kevin Spacey from the original making movie. of this movie I can't, was I can't even genius. express that it was it a was stroke of genius that they decided to pull him. Points from Not only I mean, they, would it they have, have many mechas. That is way too confusing for people to try to listen to. <laughs> but that's why it's a great bit. idea. If I had a way to separate out the audio and so one <laughs> ear was just talking one movie and one ear, that could have been a really cool idea for an episode. We may have to do that you down know the what? line. 40 podcasting we have the two next... episodes for the price of one i'm gonna record a solo episode in your left ear q's gonna record a solo episode in your right ear so you just put one headphone butt in listen you put the other headphone butt in reverse back to the beginning listen again you get two podcasts for the for episode the price of one. Of one. you know what you know who's doing this online nobody's doing this online brought to you by high five the podcast get yours today <laughs> All right, that what was another talk- really good commercial. What are we talking about? Uh, so we're we're gonna talk uh, all the money in the world, but oh, right. I think I think honestly, Pacific Rim Uprising is a better shit movie to show. I on. tried to rewatch that, by the way. Did it you showed up on I stream yeah. and all, and I was gonna show a. I was like, no, you kind of have to watch how bad this is, and she's like, no, I listen to you guys talk about. It, I don't need to. And so we started it, and both of us were asleep within like twenty minutes. And it was like nine o'clock when we started watching it. It's bad. It's bad. It's like real, real bad. It was sad, bad. Like it was. It's a. It movie. was not rad, bad. It was. I'm not glad. It bad. made me mad, bad. It was the opposite of Michael Jackson's bad, bad. It was not just a tad bad. It was. It was as bad of a dad as you are bad. <laughs> Ouch! <laughs> was, I was just trying to use was, dad. That You're was, a great dad. Whew. You're a great dad. That was I'm just personal. Kidding. I'm just kidding. That was personal. And real. <laughs> I'm doubling down. <laughs> I hate you. Podcast over. Click. It, Chad bad. <laughs> it was Chad bad. Yeah. It was Chad bad. Um, what were we talking about? Oh, Pacific Air. Yeah. I, I don't know. It, the thing about it was it was almost a rejected Disney Channel movie. Like, For that's sure. what it felt like to me was it was like, oh, all the students are going to team up. And, hey, oh, we just have the exact right number of mechas and the right number of untested plucky youths that we're going to put behind color-coded mecha transformers. Yeah. This isn't a Transformers movie. This isn't Power Rangers. Here you go. It's the same thing. Yeah. And it was done worse than both of them. And I don't like the Transformers movies. And I didn't really care for the Power Rangers movie. Power, Power Rangers movie was meh. It was meh. I, I didn't say it was bad. I it's said fine. I didn't care for it. The sad part about that movie was uh, Rita Repulsa, Elizabeth Banks, was the worst part of that movie. I know. And that was a bummer because I like a, her. It was a bummer. I, I do. Well, she's yeah. fine. Yeah, she's fine. <laughs> she's fine. She's hit or miss. Wait, was Elizabeth Banks on? She's not the one from uh, Grey's Anatomy, is she? No. Okay, good. Who's that no, one? That's Catherine Heigl. Catherine I hate Heigl, her. Yeah. They're, they came around about the same time. I like I Elizabeth so, yeah. Banks. I don't like Catherine yeah. Heigl. Elizabeth Banks is now known for the Pitch Perfect movies. I think oh, she directed really? like the last two. But she's in Hunger Games and stuff, too. Yeah, she plays Effie Trinket yeah. in those. Yeah, Yeah, I, I like I like Elizabeth Banks. You, you get thumbs hey, up. Hey, good job. Hey, Catherine Heigl, go fuck yourself. <laughs>
Get off. I'm of starting our... a celebrity feud with Catherine I know, Heigl. it's crazy. With... And Elizabeth Banks. So you're like trying to pit Elizabeth <laughs> no, no. Banks against Catherine Heigl. Ooh, celebrity, celebrity deathmatch. Death we're revamping. We're bringing it back, guys. Pacific High five Rim 3 celebrity deathmatch. <laughs> it's just going to be me like holding Play-Doh going, nah. <laughs> no. No, <laughs> I'm not... Elizabeth Banks. It's I'm Catherine Heigl. Yeah. Cloverfield. <laughs> hey, Cloverfield. <laughs> um, so anyway... Pacific Rim 2 sucked ass. Give me another movie that's I am, good. I am pulling... I'm trying to see, like, the 2018 movies that I've seen. I mean, the ones that I, the ones that I really loved, I want to save, you know, for the end. Uh, we did see A Wrinkle in Time together. That was pretty oh, terrible. Oh, that was a terrible movie. You know, that was a that was kind of bummer bad. That was bummer bad. Um, mainly because it should have at least been entertaining. The way that Chronicles of Narnia... <gasps> hey! Oh. Speaking of rad! It's Marsden Minute time! Yay! Jason Marsden... Jason Marsden. In a minute. Jason Marsden. In a minute. Jason Marsden. Dash and daring. Courageous and caring. Faithful and friendly. With stories to share. So I have an interesting fact about Jason Marsden. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. Is this one from his Wikipedia page? It is. One that I put in that is 100% correct. I love it. So here's the deal. Jason Marsden has the best sixth sense about bad movies. Really? Mm -hmm. I don't did, think I knew this. Did you know that he was originally supposed to, he was offered a role in Cloverfield Paradox, in Upri in uh, Pacific Rim Uprising? Wow. Two? Wow. Or three? Whichever cool. one they were on. He was supposed to be in Fifty Shades of Grey. Fifty Shades Freed? Yep. You mean? He turned them all down. You know what? I heard he also turned down Troll 2 and The Room. That's true. Yeah. But... He also turned down the other good movies that were that were on there. So maybe it's not so much like a really a sixth sense. Right. It's just a weird compulsion. <laughs> he just says no, says to, no everything. to everything. Everyone's like, hey, you're a great actor and we want Please you to be, be in this thing. movie. He's like, no. <laughs> right. That may or may not be good. I've got to work on my chili. Yeah. I don't know if you know this, but Jason Marsden Excellent has an, chili. an impeccable chili recipe. Did you know that he's going into business for that? He... Oh, is he? Is he? Mm -hmm. What's it called? It's called Marsden's Shock Full of Chili. What? <laughs> I don't know. Why is that his thing? I don't know. Ask Jason Marsden. <laughs> I didn't come up with the name on the spot just now. <laughs> Jason Marsden's Chock Full of Chili. It's chili with a little bit of chocolate in it. <laughs> Chocolate chili. Chock that's, full of chili. That's the secret. Mm. <laughs> chocolate. Kind of chocolate. Or his original recipe was chalk full of chili. <laughs> but that just put people not in good. the hospital. Not, not no. good. It settled their stomachs. Oh, sure, sure. As chalk does. As chalk is want to do. <laughs> but not delicious. So make sure that uh, this You week... send your chili recipes. <laughs> To Jason Mar at Jason Marsden on Twitter. Mm -hmm. Send your chili recipe to Jason Marsden or ask him for his. Yeah. Start asking him every day for his chili recipe at Jason Marsden on Twitter. You're welcome, Jason. Also, don't forget pictures of your hair, reviews of I Feel Pretty, and your favorite toys that you think look like him. Yep. All right. You're welcome. Jason Marsden, you're welcome. All right. So now we're going to bring on Corey. Corey, Corey, Corey. Corey, yeah. Corey, 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 Corey. The Corys, Corey Matthews, Corey, Corey Feldman. Corey's in the house. Corey's Hames. Mm. Corey. Corey's Hames? Not like, you said that as if, as if like the Hames belong to the Corys? Yes. Mm. Corey's, Corey's Hames. Corey's Hames. 
Got it. His underswears. Got it. His underswear. You're just adding S's So we've, all over the place. Uh, yeah, we talked about Jason's Marsdens's. And now we're going to talk about, about Corey's. And now, Corey, <laughs> you've been sitting so quietly <laughs> like a gargoyle statue in the, cor- in the corner. Stealing, stealing yeah. pop vinyls. He does that. He's and a klepto. Kind of like that girl from the Breakfast Club. Kind of. Mm. Kind of. Uh, like, almost identical. Almost. Uh, and her name was Emilio Estevez. And that is him. It's a true fact. Mm. Corey Emilio <laughs> Estevez. Uh, so Cloverfield. <laughs> Cloverfield. So Corey is a friend of High Five Podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, we know him. You know him uh, through his contributions to 615 Film. Um, you've written for the Nashville scene mm-hmm. quite a bit. He's a freelance film guy in town, um, a movie buff, if you like that term. Bastard uh, God King. B- b- mm-hmm. Bastard God King, yeah. uh, self-proclaimed Bastard God King. Mm-hmm. Um, and then... He is also a childlike empress. <laughs> he is. Mm-hmm. He is that we need to give a name. It's true. Corey. Corey. Yeah. We've dubbed yeah, you we, Corey. We, we've d- and honestly, it, it, you know, personally for me, he's on Letterboxd, and, and I've been connected with him for years, but uh, he has some really good thoughts and opinions on movies, and this guy sees more movies than anyone else I know. An uh, unconscionable It's an amount. uncomfortable right. amount of movies. He should not be allowed to see that many movies. No, most theaters have barred him. Sure. He just lives in some. He lived in the AMC in Cool Springs for two years, he and is, they never knew. He is. It was like so, the Phantom of the Opera. Like Abe was like, bum, 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 and then I would just like come out and just like, look, I don't mind if you're doing this 4 a.m. showing of The Dark Knight Rises, but I really need to get some sleep because I got a. I am Tom Hanks from the Terminal. But I got a, a Ruby Sparks at eleven. I got to catch so, when uh, when Movie Pass was coming up with their their program. They were like, no one is going to exploit this for that many movies. There's no possible way that we can lose money on this. <laughs> Did someone in say com- loophole? Yeah. <laughs> in comes Corey. Corey is single-handedly bankrupting MoviePass mm, right, right now. It's my fault. That's right. what we know. They're, all their business moves, sorry everyone, right. is because of Corey. Right. But Corey... To- we have you here for two reasons. Yeah. One, when we're talking best of 2018 and mm-hmm. favorites of 2018... We need we need your movie prowess and knowledge and well and breadth yeah. of and scope. Two, you make a damn fine gargoyle. That's true. And three, you owe me money. That's, That's right. Yeah, yeah. Just and, Jay though, to clarify. Yeah. Yes. Jay owes you money for illegal activity. I do yes. not. That we won't discuss. Exactly. Um, mm. But we've also asked you here because an event that we mentioned earlier in the show mm-hmm. is coming up, and it's actually through Six One Five Film, yes. mm-hmm. who you write for, yes. and. I wanted you to come on and actually talk about this event. Tell us the main highlights, what it is. Tell us where people can sign up. Um, and then tell them how we, uh, the hosts of High Five the Podcast, are involved. So, uh, after a random internet search on my uh, room the other day, I stumbled upon a site called Gather, mm-hmm. which allows you to host screenings in your local community. It's not the site I thought you were going to find. Nope. but No, no, let's get no. It's, yes. So, that's the rest of his Google history. Gather, I don't yes. even know her. <laughs> thanks, Wayne, thanks to join us on Dad Jokes R Us Hands weekly. on his playful banter. That's what she so, said. All right, so we are going to be hosting a screening of Five Twenty Five Seventy Seven, which is the autobiographical film from writer director Patrick Reed Johnson, who is responsible for such films as Spaced Invaders, Baby's Day Out. Yes, he was a writer on Dragonheart. Man. Fuck yes. So <laughs> meh. No, I mean, fuck yeah. Fuck me. Okay, thank you. Yeah. Mm, yes. Um, 
And, I mean, it would be super cool, like, if he were there at the screening. That would never happen. I heard it from an inside source that... It was Corey. It was me. I talked to myself a lot, literally. Uh, he is going to be at the screening to do a post-film Q&A and a meet-and-greet after the movie. So, what? Come on. Okay, so guys, let me put this into perspective for you. This movie is over 10 years in the making. It's a passion project for an incredible director. We're it's, pretty sure it's the first time it's ever screened in Nashville. Yes, it is. Uh, it stars John Francis Daly, who you know and love. And there's going to be a Q&A with the director and a meet and greet afterwards. So you got you guys get to hang out and meet with them. And all you have to do is RSVP and pay the regular price say, of Corey, a movie ticket. How, how do we get in there? You get in. Uh, blood sacrifices were all taken up. Great. We Damn had it. too many That of was those. the top sponsor level, but Damn most it. people already took those. Temple of Doom. We hired him no, originally. Great. Really great. nice guy. Family Kali dude. Yeah. A lot more progressive than you would think, but also <laughs> ripped people's hearts out. Got it. Yeah. He's a heartbreaker. So, ah. uh, so we are going to um, bring this film here. Um, if you're a Star Wars fan, this is literally the first guy, I'm pretty sure, who ever saw Star Wars outside of the production team. Um, you know, he got his first gig at Disney through Spielberg and Kathleen Kennedy. It's crazy. He's Pretty just, great. It's a really fascinating story. You can tell this is his passion project, and we're giving you the chance to see it. So the way this works, if I understand it correctly, is through people RSVPing and purchasing their tickets for this screening, that is what makes this screening possible. Yes. And you guys need, like, 25 more, right? About 25 more. And Come on, guys, we got this. And the cool thing is, this is not just like you guys are coming to Corey's house and you're projecting this on my washing machine. We're doing this at the Hollywood 27. And I, but I'm going to be honest, I'd be there for that. Yeah, That I sounds pretty too. great. We'd host it. Yes. Yeah. I also wash clothes in that machine. Great. It's really, it's a great... It's just You can have a Q&A with the washing machine yeah, afterwards. I do. We'll, we'll actually the keep the washing machine running and that's a 4D theater. Exactly. Perfect. Yeah. Vibrations exactly. included. You can feel like you're yeah. watching Star Wars. Watching Star Wars. But you said Wars. this is so, Hollywood 27? Hollywood 27, uh, Thursday, June the 19th at 7.30. No, not June. July the 19th. There we go. 7.30. Mm-hmm. So you can even stay for like a 10 o'clock Mamma Mia, here we go again. If you See, really want to. You don't want to, but you could. You could, hypothetically. And your humble host from Hi-Fi the Podcast will be hosting this event. For so. whatever reason, yeah. from 615 Film yeah. has lost their mind <laughs> and decided yeah. to invite us to be a part of this. So, so no one will tell them everybody. they're wrong. Yeah, And it'll be live streamed in certain parts of the Air Emirates. So that's exciting. Yeah, there's. I what? don't know if that's true, but that sounds awesome. Yeah, so yeah. certain parts of uh, Denmark, I think. Um, Perfect. Yeah, I like it. We have an a big listenership in, in Denmark. Denmark. It'll be part of a Denmark middle school lectureship series. Fantastic. Yeah, so mm-hmm. just how we prefer to work. The Scandinavian um, youth need your help. They're, and they're <laughs> we're high fives all about Scandinavian youth. And help saving yeah. people from flopping hats daily. Yeah. Exactly. The, the flopping hats are a big burden for the Scandinavian youth. <laughs> it is. They're, it's it's vicious. So check it out. We're going to share it from our social. Yeah, go check to- our website. Check our social. Check our events page. Go to 615film.com yep. and, and follow them on, on Facebook. Um, you can follow Corey on Letterboxd with mm-hmm. the letter C at C Wood, W-O-D. It's not a joke. It's part of his name. Could uh, you be his neighbor? Yeah. I want to see that movie. And mm-hmm. before we change segments, yeah. I just want to say really quickly... It is bizarre that the great Jason Marsden could be listening to me talk on a podcast. Could be. 
is. Is that's crazy. He's definitely. Do you want to say anything to Jason? Yeah, Martin? I would love to. I have millions of things I want to say to Jason. Say Martin. one, one, thing. one, say one thing. thing. That's crazy. So you get one. We're the gatekeepers <laughs> of Jason Marsden now. You can have one, Corey. <laughs> Where is agents? When I was in elementary either. school, as a weird pop culture person that was noticing things, that was one of the very first like celebrities that I registered with and had an interest in seeking out art that he was specifically involved with. See, I have a similar story because you're like, oh, I've seen that guy in like mm-hmm. Step by Step. And family man, I mean, Full mm-hmm. House and Boy Meets World. I need to know more about this man. Yes, I was quite a Jason Marsden <laughs> fan. And again, I'm not saying that to be kitschy. Ten year old me. I mean, I think that's the reason I got Spirited Away sought out. It's not that it was because the Oscar buzz was like, oh, cool, he's in that. Yay yeah. for him. He's Max Goof. I mean, yeah. he, he literally has yeah. some of the best voice acting oh, roles it's, out there. It's great. And I'll do you one better. I think an extremely goofy movie really is one of the better animated films of that decade. I really, honestly do, and I'm it's and again as a as a pompous movie critic, like it's really the good. most pompous. I like a goof movie; it's fun. Powerline, I got a T-shirt for it, but extremely goofy movies, quite good. It was directed I mean, to video too, but I mean, it's about were... a skateboard competition, so it is. I mean, it's the, it's the big. And it's got this very poignant father son dynamic that's going on, and Goofy's. It's the best thing that Goofy's ever been involved with, <laughs> for, for sure. The, for the Disney characters, extremely goofy movie. And the weird mini short that was in theaters in the late nineties where Mickey Mouse like gets a different brain. Those are the two <laughs> those are the I only get, things that the Disney properties have been involved with in the last like fifty years that have been note. I can get on board with that. Um all right. Yes. So we are here at the end, which means it's definitive list time. It is. We've asked Corey to stay. Because he's seen more movies than both of us combined. <laughs> and also, we tried to get him to leave. He wouldn't. And he, yes, and he refused. Much like a movie theater, we cannot <laughs> going get to him to, call to leave. The police. <laughs> That's correct. So, what we have done is we've each come up with a favorites of 2018 list, our yes. top five. Yep. We'll each to describe what that means to us, like Perfect. why we rank them, how. Because yeah. we definitively chose favorites over best of because to be honest Corey's the only <laughs> one out of the three of us that has seen enough movie to actually like have, have a best of <laughs> list of 2018 so his will be a mix and then we'll decide together on a definitive order of the best of 2018 so far we will give you your new opinions of the favorite movies oh. of 2018 yep i love it so q you want to start us off sure yeah give, I'll us get your, right. give us your list tell us why like what you ranked it on if it was just pure enjoyment um, yeah, let's go. 100%. So, uh, I'm going to start off with my number five. Okay. So one of my number five so far is Annihilation. Nice. Good I choice. really, really, really enjoyed yeah. Annihilation. It was one of those movies that I was aware of during the filmmaking process. It was on my radar. I'm a big fan of the director. Um, oh, Alex, yeah. Alex Garland, he, uh, Ex Machina was one of my favorite flicks. It was amazing. Um, a great directorial mm-hmm. debut. Um, and so he was definitely on my radar for what project he was going to have next. And so when I found out that it was an adaptation of Annihilation, which is a book that I have not read, but I have several friends that have read it. I'm one of them. Um, that enjoyed the book. It's a trilogy, right? Yeah. Um, the Southern Reach trilogy. And the trailer alone sold me. I was like, I don't know what's going on. I see deer, flower deer things. There is a weird, like... A luminescent bubble that is right. engulfing a forest area. <laughs> I don't know what's going. And Natalie fucking Portman. Yeah. I don't know what's happening, but I'm I, in Oscar it. Isaacs is in yeah. this too. What? <laughs> um, so uh, I saw the movie. 
Um, it is definitely a um, thinking man sci-fi film. Mm-hmm. I would say it could be considered what what is hard sci-fi, um, and it deals with some pretty weird, trippy concepts. Yeah. Um, and I feel like it, unfortunately, kind of came and went in the theater um, without it. You got a little yeah. bit of praise, a little bit didn't of didn't actually end up getting released in the UK. It went straight to Netflix. Yeah, it was it's, Paramount uh, dumped the rights. It was weird That's how they crazy. dumped it. Yeah, because mm-hmm. it was on Netflix that first week. It was crazy, and then they didn't push it here much at all. I have a feeling it was it was part of the the fact that it was that thinking man sci fi. Yeah. They were like, I don't know that people are gonna get this. It's kind of weird. Which it is a does shame. end in a place that is not really kind of a ending so to speak it's just kind of a oh all right well that's happening right um so it's a very good movie i don't want to give away the ending for anybody who hasn't seen it it's a really great movie it's got some really good performances oscar isaacs kills it in this movie um Mm -hmm. and once again it did not slow down my hype train for alex garland i'm fully on board for whatever he wants to do let's see where we've got number three going he's definitely not colin trevorrowing it for me you know television now Oh yeah, is wait, he? wait. What's going on yeah, with what's that? What's he doing? He's, I think he's maybe at FX doing a s- series about the history of Silicon Valley. I think I read about that. that. I'd be totally on board with that. that. Yeah. Kind of timeline. I'd be interested. Yeah, I yeah, love yeah. it. All right, so that's my number five. I like it. Um, my number four. Let me pull this back up here. Where did my? Oh no. There just, we go. Okay. Uh, did you just, just did you, feel it? Yes, there I is. should just feel it? Just feel it. Uh, so my number four is going to be Avengers Infinity Wars. Nice. Okay. Um, it was a really good movie. That's it. No. <laughs> it was, um, it end was, of, end it of was really good. I've been a Marvel fan forever. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, I'm definitely drinking the Marvel Kool-Aid. Mm-hmm. I'm on board with what they put out. I liked the first Avengers movie. I was very meh on age of Ultron. Yeah. So I actually kind of went in with, with um, lower expectations of this movie. And I think that that benefited me greatly. Um, It told a very interesting story and it, and it brought about an ending that while any, any fan of comic books knows is totally not going to be a permanent ending. Yeah, of course. Um, It still felt emotionally relevant. Like it instead of watching the end of a film and being like, well, that's dumb. It's all going to be undone. Somehow they managed to make something that I know will be undone. And it still felt still resonate. Yeah. Um, So that was impressive. I like the Russo brothers a lot. Yeah. Same here. Um, I think they're super talented. I've enjoyed their work once again, ever since community. Yeah. On through. Um, So. I really liked what they did. They've made some of the best Marvel movies out there. They took the Captain America franchise and blew it through the roof. Yeah, they sure did. Twice. Um, yeah. <laughs> and uh, hence why Marvel was like, right. here, take all of our money. <laughs> Do all of our movies take now, please. Take as many of these properties as you can fit. <laughs> um, and they did. They yeah, put they like did. 47 different properties into this movie. Um, but it was a really good movie. Um, I thought some of the acting or the actors chosen for this uh, especially josh brolin as uh thanos was just a stroke of brilliance so great and he killed it as uh-huh. a fully cg character he still brought a weight and gravitas to the character that kind of blew me away so well, and we have steppenwolf to compare to so we know that it's good oh. like it's it's factually 
inarguably good. That's the spectrum yeah. of like acting. In 50 years, when they teach things in school to young acting students, when mocap is now the future, there'll be Thanos on one end, and how in the world poor Sierra and Hines got stuck <laughs> playing like Mike Pence, yeah. the bad CGI yeah. direction. The guy talked about his mother more than... It was uh. just... Oh... <laughs> Uh, well, Q, I like that four. Yeah, so, I'm, I'm curious where your three, two, and one are going. All right, so my, whoa, once again, why did my computer is freaking out on me, man? Damn technology! Nah, uh, get off my lawn. So my my number three. Let me get back over here to it. I'm not reading my list ahead of time. Um, so my number three was Black Panther. Nice. Once again, keep it on the Marvel train. Um, Black Panther was one of those movies and I know people have kind of, it's one of those that it had so much, uh, hype that people are now backlashing because of the hype. Like it's not even like it's a bad movie. They're just like, I hate that so many people like this movie. I need to say bad things about it. Which is a weird stance to take. Let's just put that out there. It's what I call the hipster effect. It's like where they're like, well, Oh well, oh you, you can't like Bon because I liked Bon Iver. Right. Mm. So, um, and you're gonna see a trend with most of my movies. They are gonna be tentpole movies. That's just the guy that I am. I like tentpole mm-hmm. flicks. Uh, Annihilation is my is my small yeah. film, quote unquote small film. It's right. not a small film, but it's totally right. my my indie flick of the year. <laughs> um, so, but Black Panther was amazing. It was the first time that I saw uh, the black culture actually represented on screen. From behind the camera to in front of the camera to on the writing staff. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was through and through. It it, it depicted a culture in a um, non stereotypical way, even right. though it was it dealt with a a fictional country in Africa. Um, it somehow still felt relevant and not stereotypical. Right. Um, and I fucking once again the directors on all these choices. Coogler. Fucking Coogler. Is an is amazing yeah. from Fruitvale Station to Creed to this. I mean, it, he's another one of those directors, and that's kind of a trend yeah. that you'll see in my favorite movies. These guys are these are real auteurs behind yeah. the camera. I, you know what I mean? It's gonna be a weird statement, but Kugler is what I wanted Anton Fuqua to be. Oh, <laughs> that's a good point. Like, he's who I wanted him to. Those are the movies I wanted him to make, and he just didn't. He just didn't do that. He just didn't do that. So yeah, no Black Panther. I like a lot. All right. Um, so this is man. I'm gonna get shit for this. <laughs> I know it. I feel it. But I'm gonna say it anyway. I don't give a fuck. Uh, my number two is actually Ready Player One. Really? It. I had a lot of fun with this movie. You know, I can. And I've watched it. Almost three times now. I can get on board for that because I saw it over the weekend and I also had a lot of fun with it's it. It's just a really fun movie and it harkened back for me a lot. You know, there's a lot of backlash on Spielberg, but once again, the director's behind the camera. I know Spielberg has made some questionable flicks over the past couple of years, but the truth is Spielberg is Spielberg. He is oh, one yeah. of the greatest directors of all time. He knows how to tell a story. He knows how to build characters. He knows right. how to shoot a scene for sure. Well, I mean, and just look at the scope of, you know, 
Bridge of Spies, the BFG, right. Ready Player One. Right. I mean, it's and I was one of those defenders of the BFG. I thought that movie I know was you really fantastic. Like it yeah. it BFG was is a good movie. It's a really good movie. Yeah. It was really well done. Mark Rylance in that movie too is awesome. Yep. He's awesome in Ready Player One. He's great as Halliday. Mm. Oh, absolutely great. And so, for me, it was more of an experience that it it took me back to feeling like a kid watching mm-hmm. blockbuster movies for the first time. It's a relatively wholesome movie. Well, that's how I've described it to people who I've talked to is when you see, when you imagine or visualize in your mind, the spectrum of Spielberg, the Spielberg spectrum, if you will, sure. you can get all the way to like the ET BFG kid, wholesome family, you know, movies, or you can go to the other side and have your Schindler's lists, your Jurassic parks, your jaws, you know, and the more adult fare. Sure. And ready player one definitely falls on the more wholesome family friendly. It does. Uh, echelon. And that's okay because you know, like the dialogue, uh, some of my critiques of ready player one were all along the lines of, well, this isn't as inspirational as some Spielberg movies I'm familiar with. Sure. But it's as well written as like an E.T. or, sure. you know, a well, one, I don't or know that it's as well written. Sure. But, but, but you, know, right. you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's more on that wholesome side as totally. opposed to. It's an overall fun experience. Yes. The acting sometimes is questionable. The, the special effects go from just amazingly eye catching to like really questionable video game cutscene. Like, that that kind of une- unevenness yeah. of the special effects was questionable to me, but overall it ranked high on my list because we're not doing best of, yeah, we're favorites. doing favorites, and, it was, and it, was it was a fun experience. I took my kids to go see it, and it felt like I was watching a spectacle movie that I would have gone to see as a kid, and it took me back to that. And I loved the book because the book, the book gave me that same feeling as mm-hmm. well. And I think he did a pretty good job of distilling down that feeling. Yeah. Um, and hell, if it was just a fucking feat that that movie got made. Yeah. Like the fact that so many different properties were involved. The only person who has the clout other than George Lucas himself is probably Spielberg. Right. And he's the only person who can go, yeah, I'm going to use like uh, all of these characters. <laughs> Except that for cool? mine. Everybody's cool with. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to use my stuff because that's basically everything. Yeah. So. Anything else from the 80s is fine. Um, So that's it. And here's my number one, man. And this is just on pure enjoyment in the theater. And no shit, it's Deadpool 2. (laughs) I fucking loved that movie. I really, really, really did. And I can't think of the director's name off the top of my head. Thank you. Uh, But he's another one that I really dig. I love the John Wick movies. I am unashamed of that. I think they're fun. I think they're fast-paced. I think they know what they are. I think they embrace it. I think they're a great comeback vehicle for Keanu Reeves. But aside from that, he shows me that he can do more than just that. Yeah. Now, was he the one that also did Atomic Blonde? Okay. Yes. Which I enjoyed, too. I thought that was a fun mm-hmm. movie. Very fun. I thought it was underrated. It also was kind of a flash in the pan, kind of came and went without a lot yeah. of hubbub or but talk. It was a great vehicle for Charlize Theron. Totally. James uh, McAvoy also is awesome. Great. Again, he's always great. Um, but I thought Deadpool 2 had some of the smartest and funniest writing. Mm-hmm. Um, it played with expectations of what superhero movies are. It lampooned them in a really smart, funny way. 
the whole X-Force gag through it is fucking brilliant because I never saw that coming. And if you haven't seen the movie yet, I'm not going to tell you what yeah, it is. No, no, we're not going to ruin The that. X-Force is amazing. That's so my that's, favorite gag in the whole bit. That's a lot of movie, fun. I think. Um, but the, the movie as a whole was, once again, just a really good movie-going experience. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed it from the beginning to the end. I love the music choices. I love the style. I think Ryan Reynolds is Deadpool. Like He was 100% born to be that character. Um, and so I love when movies hit strides and know where they are, like who they are and what audience they're pitching to. And I feel like it, they already knocked it out of the park with Deadpool one. Um, but then they just teed up a sequel that I even told people when I described it, I was like, I think I might've like, I might like it better than Deadpool. Like I really liked Deadpool. It attacks a lot more. The villain by far is better. Oh, for sure. Like, Fire Fist is way better than I forget who in the first one. But the whole concept of the movie is really funny. It's super tongue-in-cheek. They address issues spanning throughout the X-Men franchise up to this point. It was just a really good, really fun, really non-kid-friendly. I went from a really wholesome kid-friendly movie to a very not-kid-friendly movie. Um, And I just had a good fucking time. So those are my movies. I had to include ones that were a little bit darker and a little bit uh, more for the film critic-y side of me. Sure. But then, the, ultimately, if we're doing favorites, the ones that won out on top are my favorites. They're the right. ones that I had the best experience watching. Awesome. Well, I, I like that a lot. Now, Corey, where, how, did, how did you narrow it down? Let's, like, where, where, what's your list look like? It's, it's difficult because this year's been really good. And I think I'm kind of spoiled since it's kind of like, when you know all the good restaurants to eat at, right. you tend to go eat out more than if you like. You know, if you don't like, if you only think that Stony River is a good place to get a steak in town, then you're not going to eat out much. But if you know where all the good places are to get steak, you know what to do. It, I've got twenty I like films. food references. Thank you, <laughs> appreciate it. Steak, mashed potatoes, so good. Just saying, cream foods corn. now. Asparagus. Cloverfield. So, <laughs> <laughs> like my list right now, I've got it at. 20. I'll go through my top five, but an example of a film that I really didn't like having to knock off the first half of my year top 20 is A Wrinkle in Time. I really liked A Wrinkle really? in Time a lot. Really? We're no going to disagree way. with that But the heart. interesting thing is, that's like 21st for me for what I've seen in the first half of the year. And I really like that movie It a lot. would be down there for me and I haven't even seen 20 movies this year. I know, and it's just... It'd be no. at 21st. It helps that I went to the film festival here in town and yeah, saw like twenty something movies sure. there. Padded my stats, but so like, what are your top five? Okay, where, where, so are you, where, where are those? Top rank? five. Number five is a film called Minding the Gap. I've heard of that, but I haven't seen it. Give us a quick synopsis. Okay, so it's directed by a guy named Bing Liu. The best way I can describe it is if it's like it's like a documentary, but it's like a Richard Linklater movie that's set in a small Illinois skate town. I like and it already. It is devastating it is just it is a movie it's about empathy and it's about these kids and how they've come up and like how they've kind of formed this familial bond for they didn't have a good none of them have good parental structure sure since there's only three kids one of them is the filmmaker and kind of weaves their personal narrative and it's at times really inspiring at times really challenging and deals with some very real world issues in some very different ways that it's just it's just such a. It's a I had a friend who described it today as essential. It is an essential documentary. If you want to know, like, 
all these movies I do feel like touch on something in 2018 that we need to talk about or that film can do. And that's what I love about film as a vessel is that it really brings up these issues that happen every single day and it gives you just a different perspective and allows you to think about it differently. Sure, of course. I think that's what Mining the Gap does. And it's just for the documentary format, I think this is the best that documentary can be. I love it. It is fantastic. I will be adding that to my need to see this. Yes, and I think it should be out late summer. I don't. I, hopefully, the Belcourt gets it. I'm hoping that if they Great. go for a distribution, it'll be there. Number four is another film fest title called Thunder Road, which is based on a Sundance short that uh, I think won a pretty big prize up there back in 2016. It's by uh, Jim Cummings, who stars in it, wrote it, directed it, edited it. And did the music for it. And not part. not that Jim Cummings. Yeah, no, a not different, Winnie the Pooh Jim Cummings. No, different it's, Jim Cummings. It's, it's not Max Goof's dad. No, it is a different Jim Cummings. That's a dull farmer. And I've seen um I've seen oh, the short right. that that's You're based right. off of. Fucking and, Jason Marsden is calling yeah. us right now. He's Stop like, it. you fucking idiots. Stop it, Jason. We get it. We 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 fixed it. Corey <laughs> fixed it. Um, but I've seen the short that that's based mm. off of. And if it's anything like the short, it's I can imagine that it's very good. It's like a. Better version of the short with like seventy five additional like just incredibly the film I can best compare it to is Short Term Twelve. Yeah, I think it's nearly as good as that. I think it's just and that was my favorite movie in two thousand thirteen. But it's it's just such a tour de force debut for Cummings. Um, it's gotten picked up for distribution by Sundance Selects. It seems like it's going to hit iTunes in October. Awesome. I'm, I'm hoping we get it in town. Like we did Columbus, where it may not be a big distribution film, but at least like a smaller theater like sure. gets it. But it's great. It's just a, it's just the way it's like it's tragic comedy in its best form. Like it's just it's just like the way it eversely balances things that are funny, things that are devastating, often when at the same time, like any good movie. It really reminds. It's like I think it's one of the great humanist films of the decade so far. But and it also reinforces that when you make a movie like that, you have to have a make and blur to have a small role. Like the, right. the Florida Project last year. Right, right, you yeah, always yeah, yeah. But every time you put make and blur in a movie, it's always just like <laughs> an inch better. And then it becomes like a, just a phenomenal film. But that's my number four. I, I like won't it. Say much about number three since Q did a good job with Black Panther. The thing about Black Panther is I really do feel like it's just a. It's I think it's one of the better blockbusters of this part. Of oh, it's it it's, it. it's that, I hate to yeah. say the word redefine, but sort of redefine what a blockbuster could mean. It did, and I think to me, like I love Marvel movies a lot, but one of the things that bugs me about Marvel movies is when they just—it's kind of like when there's like you want that last bite of ice cream, but mom rips away the bowl and says <laughs> no. That's what Marvel to me does to artists at times, where it's like they're really getting in on the craft, and the Marvel's like no Marvel, and it's like cinematic universe and it's, vanilla, and it's just like. <laughs> Third act has to be a battle. And it's just like, okay. And again, my favorite Marvel movie to really subvert that recently was Civil War because it's like you have the big buildup and then it's really just a guy in a window, which is, yeah. that's why I love that villain. This film, obviously, it has the kind of lasting battle, but everything that leads up to it is just, it's Kugler unfiltered. Mm-hmm. It's just incredibly staged. It's just so well acted and the music. And it's just such a, a live movie. Yeah. And it's just, it was my number two until last night. But my number two now is American Animals. Uh, it is Ooh, at the Belt. You were telling now. about this before we I recorded. really want to see that yes. movie. It is. The best way I can describe it is it's the social network if the social network were a heist movie. <laughs> it's just oh. this. It's an incredibly stinging commentary on the misplaced white 20 something. 
And it's kind of like one of those movies where you get very uncomfortable and you're kind of like, oh my gosh, I see myself in these characters and they're not <laughs> making the best decision. I wouldn't rob a bank. or not, In this movie, they're robbing Transylvania University in Lexington, Kentucky, which houses some of the world's most rare books. Nice. Which, if you need a road trip to do kind of a day back from Nashville, go to Lexington, Kentucky and see that book collection. But... It's just it's got one of my favorite casts of the year. Um, Barry Keoghan, who was in Sacred Killing of a Deer last year, which I mm-hmm. thought was it was a good movie with a great performance from Keoghan. It's got uh, Blake Jenner, who was in Everybody mm-hmm. Wants Some, was great. Right. Uh, Evan Peters is really one of the central part of it. He's uh, he you know, obviously you know what he's been in. He's great. And then there's a guy named Jared Abramson, who's kind of a newer actor that is also really great. All four of them. It's really hard to me to get a young four top ensemble, and all four of them carve out different unique ways to go into your. Thing. Well, that's what that's what makes something last, like the stands. Yes. I mean, yeah. not the stand, like um, Stand by Me. Yeah, exactly. Will last because of the, last because yeah. of that, like their cast. And it's really interesting the way Leighton tells the story because he gets the real life counterparts and weaves them into the narrative. Yeah. So you have like a scene that'll be like Barry Keoghan talking, and it'll just like effortlessly edit into the real life guy talking. And that's what they did with The Imposter, his first movie, yeah. which you still need to see, Corey. Yes, I do need to see Which it. is basically like kind of the, the whole style of those movies being like uh, dramatic docudrama yes. reenactments. It's almost like the film really version weird. of Devil in the White City, like the novel, no, the novelized fictional account of a real thing. Right. It's it's almost the film version of that. It's a documentary with legit actors halfway. And a film, yeah. you know, a big budget film. And a, yeah, and a film narrative and budget right. behind it. So That's odd. I, I So you saw that recently. Yes, Sti- just last Sticking time. it with you. Yes. It's already at number two. Already at number two. And, like, I love movies like The Social Network where you just have these just kind of privileged white kids and, like, hoodies and stuff. They're planning these things that end up having like gigantic consequences. Like right. Mike Wahlberg. I mean, Mark Wahlberg. Mark Zuckerberg. Mark Wahlberg was a white kid who did stuff with a lot of consequences, That's true. and he yes. did often wear That's a hoodie. True. Yeah. yeah. So it Mark, fits. It's it's just it's, it there's fits. nobody in this movie named Mark, but there should have been. <laughs> but number one for me, um, it's my favorite movie of the year. I don't it's one of those things where like if it ends up being this way by the time the year's over it won't surprise me it's you were never really here mm. it is a masterpiece it is just, i can't wait to see oh, that i mean just man ramsey is a phenomenal yeah. phenomenal filmmaker what we need to talk about kevin is is yeah devastating and like this movie is like taxi driver but if taxi driver actually had a like a rootable protagonist that all the things that they battle are internal He's basically a guy that goes around and, like, saves children out of sex slavery. And in this movie, he's going and kind of doing his duty. But he's obviously plagued. He's a veteran. He's got a lot of illnesses he's having to deal with internally. And it's just this just devastatingly horrific at times, like, journey of him trying to save this one girl and how everything kind of, like, these all, it just, it's like, it obviously goes off course. Because sure. Because the things that are surrounding why this person is in this position, sadly. But, like, it is... It's like there are moments where it's like a horror film, like literally the way that kind of Phoenix moves. He's like a he's like a force of nature going through this film, and it's like he's got this real quirky personality that makes him really interesting. Like he lives with his mom, and they have a little fun dynamic, but it's also at times just like brutally violent. And it's just like there's this one scene that I'll describe that's a fight scene, and Ramsey takes the camera and puts it onto the ceiling where there's like a mirror 
that's looking down. I guess this, this bizarre room has like a mirror that's like looking down on the ground, and she takes it from the mirror's perspective of him fighting with this guy. And the oh, only nice. way I can describe it is like if you remember the scene from No Country for All Men where Churgan's strangling the cop. Yeah. It's like that scene, but told upside down through a mirror <laughs> with like Johnny Greenwood music. And it is. Now, I will fantastic. say I've listened to the Johnny Greenwood score, and it's yes. pretty incredible. So. That's awesome. I haven't seen any of those movies, but it, I I agree yeah. that those are probably up there. <laughs> and then, uh, okay, so that's me now, right? Yep. You. All right, so a lot of these I'll be able to fly through because they've been mentioned by one or multiple people. Um, but my number five is one we've already talked about. It's A Quiet Place. Got um, it. So I, as I said before, I'm closer to the love angle of that. I did think that what they were able to do technically was super impressive. I thought John Krasinski, um, as a... I won't say first time, but younger director in his career was amazing. I thought the cast was pitch perfect. Um, okay, moving on. My number four is Black Panther. Nice. You guys have both covered it already. It's on the list. It's mm. it's on the list, and for all the reasons that you both have said. Perfect. Um, my number three is Avengers Infinity War. On the list. We got two out of three. For all the reasons that you said, Q, and for me, just the feat of it. Like, I think on a technical level, the ability to take 10 years worth of multiple franchises, multiple big-name actors, stars, different voices, and meld them into something that works in two hours. <laughs> that was even coherent. Yeah. Is a, ma- is a, is, a is a master feat. So that, for me, pushed it up higher in the list already. My number two um, is Annihilation. I and, and from everything you said, Q, I agree with 100%. But also on the technical side, like some of the things, the, the the sheer adaptation of I have read that book and have now seen the movie and I kind of prefer the movie. Like it's wow. beautifully done. It's amazingly acted. The themes that they, that they touch on with, you know, nature and change and inevitability, uh, I thought were, as you put it, a thinking man sci-fi movie. I thought it was exactly that. And I loved it for that. I thought... I don't think we get enough of those nowadays. Like, um, Moon kind of felt a little totally. bit like that to me. It's um, tough sci-fi. It's yeah, sci-fi it's, that you actually have to pay attention to as in, as opposed to just spectacle. Right. And it's, oh, but the spectacle is also there because of Garland, which You're I right. thought, I mean, I thought, I think this movie has some of the most beautiful still images of this year also, so that, far. that mimic bear is haunting. Oh, that scene is mm. just horrifying. Yeah. Um, you know, and then, so my number one. Yeah, I'm um, curious. So, and, and outside of these others, I do want to see some need to, like, Hereditary probably sure. would be on here. Had I seen it. First Reformed, I've heard nothing but amazing That's things great. about. It's really good. Um, and I also really want to see Won't You Be My Neighbor, speaking of awesome. documentaries. Absolutely. Yes. Um, but my number Three one things. for favorite book club. <laughs> That's it. Nailed it. Deadpool 2. Oh, oh wow. yes. So Q knows this. I don't think you do, Corey. I'm a huge Deadpool fan. Like, mm-hmm. the year Deadpool came out, 2015 or whatever, is my favorite movie of that year. I think seeing the character embodied on screen by Ryan Reynolds is just the perfect embodiment of a character that I thought I, you know, I thought I already liked. And everything you said, Q, is they, they take everything up a notch. I don't think it's a perfect movie. I don't even think it's the most technically impressive movie on my list. But I think I had the most fun with it. And I think back on it with as much pleasure and joy as I do my favorite movies from years ago. 
Um, I think the the X-Force bit that we've already referenced and I won't spoil will go down for me in history as one of the most unexpected, hilarious joke bits of a major tentpole movie. And then all of the little asides of the the two-second cameo of every X-Men actor <laughs> from almost every franchise. Yep. Um, the the bits um, where the bits with time travel and a, another Josh Brolin performance that is actually very very good. Another character that was hi- completely yeah. hidden from the promotions, which I can't still can't believe they pulled off. Right. And I found out that was done by Ryan Reynolds too. He, oh really? He's the actor who did that. Oh, which well, is another reason they sense. kept it secret. Got and it. Did you know that Matt Damon's in the movie? Wait. Yeah. Yeah. Matt. I did know that. And uh, Brad Pitt. No, but who's acting? Uh, Alan Tudyk. Alan Tudyk. Yeah. Oh wait, who's he? Alan Tudyk and Matt Damon are the two rednecks that are having a conversation when uh, Cable comes to the future. Oh wow! I or did comes not to the recognize past, I guess. them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I did not recognize yeah. Matt them. Damon is the one with like the gigantic beer belly and like That's mullet funny. wig and hat. Is it the same outfit that Tom Cruise wore in Tropic Thunder? <laughs> Basically, yes. That's same amazing. Fat suit. Yeah, no, I didn't, I didn't that. realize That's that. That's pretty funny. Oh, I love that. Yeah. That's see, that makes it even better. So, mm-hmm. for all the reasons you guys have said, that's I mean, that Deadpool two is my favorite. All right, it, so Jay, you and I's list is, is similar. Is pretty aligned. Corey's it, is Corey's is way off. But the thing about it is, we're gonna have to truly factor in some of those because I have heard about and the buzz around some of the one team mentioned. So I say, I say, here's how we roll it. I'm about to say, is it possible to do a a definitive best of or favorite yeah. of? Yeah, we can do favorite of because favorite yeah. incorporates multiple opinions, right? True. We may not have seen it, but it's Corey's favorite. So yeah. therefore it de- deserves a place on the list. So yeah. because you and I had very similar one, twos and threes in Those, the same ballpark, right? we shared movies. Well, I think black Panther has to be on there. Cause all three of us had it for sure. So I would say black Panther only because we all three shared it needs to be in a higher spot. So I would say probably around our two, two maybe. or three, yeah. two or three. Because I think you both had it at three, right? Yeah, I had it mm-hmm. at three, and then I had it a little bit lower. But again, it was the only one all three. So of I'd us say shared. lock it in at three. Mm-hmm. For you, sure, are you, are you I, think that's fair? Tap the gavel. All right, okay. so yes. locked in at three. We've got Black Panther. I kind of feel like our number one has to be Deadpool. We shared number <laughs> one. I'm sorry, Corey, but. <laughs> I kind it's of feel fun. like it's... Yeah. I liked it. Uh, it's exhausting, but it's, it's fun. It's exhausting. I feel like it has so to be there. Yeah. We shared it as number one, man. This is your podcast. You need to take it down this That's path. right. That's you right. You have my blessing. So right, that's number one. That's, so number, that's number one. one. I would say... Um, what was Your number one was you were never really here. Yeah. yeah. I desperately want to see it, so, so I'm I. actually fine with it being number two. I don't know that I can put it at number two. See, I, I think, think you guys need to have Avengers as your number two because you both shared it. Right, we it. shared it. Yeah. We also had Annihilation, and that was higher I kind of feel like Annihilation should be there, mm-hmm. and then I kind of feel like we give Corey four and five. Okay, so we you see do what I'm saying? I'm Annihilation saying, is number two, right? And then give Corey four and five. Sure. And so you get to choose. I'm actually fine. In with that. what order you would like your four and five to be on this list? Okay. So as our guest, okay, and also as a a person who has definitively seen far more <laughs> movies than we have, um, I feel like it's fair. Yeah, no, I do too. He kind of gets those rankings. Now we shared a bunch, and that's sure, why course. they're higher. And it's our show. But uh, also, take that. 
But also, he gets two of his very own. So whittle down your list okay. to four and five. What would what would you place? I'll put You Were Never Really Here at four. Yep. It's my favorite movie sure, of, the of year course. so far. At five, it's interesting because I think there's a good level of – this list is going to be very diverse. You've got your big blockbusters. You've got some artistic lists. I'll go with American Animals at five because I think okay. it's a very 2018 movie. And I think it's just so – and again – if you're listening in Nashville, go to the Bell Court and see it. It's it's not the trailer exactly. Just know that it's not quite the trailer. So if it's a little jarring when you're getting into it and you feel like you're not getting the movie you were expecting, it's a lot better than the, I think what no. I was originally going in with it. It's Fair. Just, it's just a great American animals. Crime. Yeah, it's like exactly. It's just it's, it's, it's like <laughs> great American it's, animals. It's a great American yeah. animals film. I think there's pictures of animals in the movie. So even if there's nothing redeemable about this, you can be like, you know, if you like animals. there's a cool picture of a flamingo. Yeah. So, so yeah. I actually I thought that's what you were going to go with for 4 and 5. Mm-hmm. I like it. So here's the list as I recorded it. Okay. Uh, number 1 is Deadpool 2. Mm-hmm. Number 2 is Annihilation. Mm-hmm. Number 3 is Black Panther. Yep. Number 4 is You Never Really Here. Yep. Or is it he- there? Here. Here. Okay, good. And then number five is American Animals. I feel like that is everyone's new opinion. Yeah. Yeah. That's and and Trends everyone you're those welcome. are your new favorites. Yep. Of this year, whether you've seen them or not. Yeah, those are your favorites of twenty eighteen. When so people far. ask you, what are your favorite your five favorite films? This is it. Even if you, you hated all of them. This is what it is. This is the definitive list. This has so, been great. This has been a lot of fun. Corey, thank you for being thank here. You, thank you, thank Corey, you. I totally agree with that sentiment. We love having you on the show. I'm sure we're not going to be able to get you to leave, so therefore I'm sure you will be on an episode <laughs> at another future, time. This is going to get really ugly. You'll just <laughs> letting everybody You'll know. just hang out until we finally say, okay, Corey, you can be on this episode. I'll hide in the oven. You'll never know what um, we're looking very much so ready. towards the event uh, yeah. in July. Yeah. That's going to be an awesome opportunity. Remember, 25 more people. Get in there. RSVP. And yeah, find the link in our episode description on our social and our events page on 615film.com. You can find the event uh, RSVP for it. Um, and then... And then, and we'll be there. You should be there. And also, keep in mind, last Thursday of the next three months, uh, Jeff Goldblum Bingo at Disconsider in um, Nashville. But yeah, I mean, that pretty much brings us to the Cloverfield. We have reached the end of another High Five, the podcast episode. It's time to lock up the writer's room and rest comfortably, knowing we knocked out another great list of things you should be watching. If the guys didn't mention your favorites this week in their lists, you can harass them by emailing them at myfive at highfivethepodcast.com. That's M-Y-F-I-V-E at H-I-G-H-F-I-V-E. T H E P O D C A S T dot com. <sighs> Got that? Or connecting with them on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash high five the podcast, on Twitter at high the number five the podcast, Instagram at high five the podcast, 
or on Letterboxd by searching High Five colon the podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever else you listen to podcasts and drop the show a five-star rating to show us some love. What's the worst that could happen? <laughs> Kali Ma? Maybe. See you next week. And that's a wrap, everybody. Cut, Casper. That's a wrap. Cut, printed. What happens in the next reel? Cut. Okay, that's a print. Okay, cut. That's a wrap. That's a wrap, people. Now let's get the hell out of here.